This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 150. Hi, I'm Bob Berg, co-author of The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. Want a powerful podcast to listen to? You found it. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my great friend, Jeff Brown. One road to success for a team or a company is predictability. If your folks who are working for you know how you're going to react, that brings some calm. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Good day to you and welcome to the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where we talk about leadership as well as personal growth, productivity, career, business, marketing, sales, entrepreneurship, and more. In just a few minutes, you and I are going to be joined by Justin Constantine. He's the author of My Battlefield, Your Office Leadership Lessons from the Front Lines. I'm going to ask Justin about why he believes anyone can learn the skills necessary to become an effective leader, why it's critical that leaders be willing to lean on others for support, how humility and self-confidence go hand in hand, and a lot more. I'll bring Justin on in just a minute or two. First, I wanted to share with you a quick personal and, and somewhat embarrassing a story. I was talking to my friend Jeff Sanders a few months ago, Jeff over at the 5 a.m. Miracle podcast, where he talks about productivity and fitness, among other things. And Jeff was telling me about a new sponsor he has on his show called State and Liberty. They make men's shirts. And Jeff was suggesting that I reach out to them about a sponsorship on Read to Lead. And so I did. And, and about three and a half months ago, they sent me one of their shirts. And they make shirts that uh, have sort of an athletic cut to them. They're, they're narrower around the waist. They sent me one in the mail. I tried the shirt on and I was mortified. Let's let's say I'm one of those guys whose middle is a little bit bigger than his chest and the shirt looked absolutely terrible. I was very disappointed not only about the potential for a sponsorship but also because I looked so bad in the shirts. But here's what happened. I had been running off and on for about a year and I had tapered off quite a bit and wasn't doing it nearly as regularly as I had been. And seeing myself in that shirt motivated me to get out and start running again. In fact, since I received that shirt in the mail, with the exception of five mornings, I've run every morning for the last over three and a half months. In that span of time, I've lost about 15 pounds, most of it around the middle. Three months to the day after I received the shirt, I tried it on again. And it was a completely different story. I actually wore it out in public. I've worn it a couple of times since. I reached back out to Lee over at State and Liberty and said, hey, I want to order a couple of more shirts. I wore one of those yesterday to a family function. I love the way these shirts look on me. They motivated me. One single shirt motivated me to get in shape when I saw just how out of shape I had gotten. Isn't it amazing how that works? <laughs> it's embarrassing somewhat to 
to share that with you, but I share that in case you're someone like me who thinks, oh, an athletically cut shirt, that's not going to work on me. Well, let it be a motivator to you, if nothing else, like it was uh, to me. I highly encourage you to check out stateandliberty.com. They're offering a discount to you as a listener. Just use the discount code READ to LEAD, all one word, at checkout to save 10%. You can also pick up gift cards for that special someone. Again, stateandliberty.com. Use the discount code READ to LEAD to save 10% on your order. And just for fun, on the show notes page for this episode, readtoleadpodcast.com slash 150, I've put a picture of myself in the first shirt I ordered. That one I looked terrible in initially. It's called the Carter, by the way. I wish I had thought to take a before picture. Unfortunately, I didn't. But you can see how it looks on me now. I absolutely love it. And the other two I recently picked up. Again, it's stateandliberty.com. Use read to lead at checkout for 10% off. Justin Constantine is a former Marine and attorney and now an inspirational speaker and leadership consultant. He survived, of all things, a gunshot wound to the head while serving in Iraq. His writing on military and leadership issues have been featured in such outlets as CNN, Time, The Washington Post, The Atlantic, Forbes Magazine, and USA Today. Uh, Justin is a presidential leadership scholar and a fellow with the Truman National Security Project, and he's an expert in overcoming adversity, leadership, and veteran employment. His book that we're talking about today is called My Battlefield, Your Office, Leadership Lessons from the Front Lines. Justin, it's my privilege and honor to welcome you to the Read to Lead podcast. Well, thanks, Jeff. It's a real honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I think that the question on everyone's mind and the, and the thing I want to start with is, is how in the world does one survive a shot to the head from a sniper? It wasn't from training. Uh, I was just fortunate enough to be surrounded by some some great people who did everything exactly right when I needed it the most. This was back in 2006 in Iraq. There was a lot going on. It was a very kinetic time. We were on one of our patrols. We knew there was a sniper in the area because he already killed a few other Marines uh, leading up to the preceding two weeks. And when I was shot, the Marines around me thought I had been killed because of all the blood, but the corpsman rolled me over. I wasn't breathing. He somehow, even though bullet, the bullet hit me behind my left ear and exploded out of my mouth, and even though that had just happened, he was able to somehow perform rescue breathing on me, and then he cut open my throat to perform an emergency tracheotomy so I wouldn't drown my own blood, and he and the battalion commander were able to just keep me alive until they got me to an aid station not too far away, and then the doctors were able to take over from there. And when I was writing the book, I actually interviewed the doctors, and they said up to that point no one had survived an injury like this. Mm. But they were able to take what they learned and develop some protocols to save some other Marines after me. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, 10 years removed from that now, what are some of the daily difficulties that you, you face as a result of that day? Well, as you can probably already tell, I don't see perfectly clearly. So that can that is a um, I mean, it's a minor in the grand scheme of things, but it can still be pretty aggravating. Uh, I have bottom dentures now. I don't have upper teeth, but I'm waiting on upper dentures. I'm, okay. I'm in the process of hopefully getting those. So I don't bite into food and that's that's been very difficult. Mm. And so I also drool um, a little bit. And so that's annoying. 
and and I can't see out of one eye, so my right eye compensates, but um, that's a challenge, and I can't run because the doctors took bones to, out of my legs to use in reconstructing my upper and lower jaw. So all these pale in comparison to the injury itself, but certainly there are daily reminders several times over and the way I look. So um, mm. it's never going to go away. Well, it is. It certainly puts the average person's problems in perspective, <laughs> to say the yeah. least. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I know as you wrote the book, you had a particular kind of person in mind. Who would you say uh, the book "My Battlefield: Your Office" is ultimately written for? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I, I specifically wrote it for mid-level managers who had worked hard and been promoted as employees uh, or promoted to management positions, but never had any training to lead people along the way. And I think millions of people across our country fall in this category. And so I wanted to take the leadership lessons we learned in the Marine Corps and, and use every day there and transfer them to the private sector, some basic principles that could help everyone just feel more comfortable with leading people, which is a lot different than just doing your job. And I, I've heard of some who kind of turn their nose up at the idea of applying uh, lessons from the military or on the battlefield to organizations. Why yeah. do you believe so strongly in applying leadership lessons gleaned from the military to organizations? Well, I think people who immediately have that reaction are perhaps confusing uh, the leadership lessons that we um, that we learn and teach in the military, I think they're immediately thinking of a battle, a literal battlefield situation where it's direct orders and combat and stuff. The vast majority of time in the military is not like that. Even the majority of time in a combat theater, unless you're on a special forces team, is not like that. And so what it comes down to is the basic principles, which I think any CEO would celebrate, which is taking care of your people and putting them first, providing clear vision and strategy, accepting change, um, working well with each other, focusing on teamwork, and, and time-tested principles like that. We just stress them very overtly in the Marine Corps. Uh, perhaps that's not done quite so much in the private sector. Now, now, you mentioned a moment ago that you wrote the book for the kind of person who is often promoted to a position of leadership but doesn't have the training to go along right. with it. So is it your belief that, that anyone can learn the skills necessary for effective leadership? Yes, I, I do, Jeff, come from the philosophy that leaders are made, not born. Now, I know there are a few individuals out there who are born leaders. Certainly, it's a matter of charisma and, and some other uh, internal factors. But I do think anyone can learn if they make it a priority, if they put the time in. It's just like anything else. I mean, I know that you're a Malcolm Gladwell fan and, mm -hmm. and you understand the 10,000 hours principle. I'm not saying it takes 10,000 hours to learn how to be a leader. But the idea is the same, where you have to focus on it and read and watch others and take notes and maybe mental notes and then implement what you've learned. But it's definitely a skill set uh, that can be learned. Mm. You talk a lot about having a core set of principles. Share how having that core set of principles, Justin, can help eliminate things like indecisiveness. 
Well, it's important for you and for your team members who, who work with and for you because uh, I, I think one road to success for a team or a company is predictability. And if your folks who are working for you know how you're going to react in a certain situation, that brings some calm to, to whatever that situation, whatever that challenge is that's on the horizon, even if that means laying down the law. Because it, mm-hmm. it, we had an instance in Iraq, and I wrote about in the book, where one of our guys did something he wasn't supposed to do and it was a silly mistake and he was somewhat senior mm-hmm. and the junior Marines knew he had done that and they were certainly watching to see what my reaction would be and so I, I dealt with it appropriately and if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't lived by the principles and, and following the rules that we're supposed to there, uh, that would have set a tone which would not have been good for anybody. And so the same was in the private sector where if you want your Understand what your values are and what your vision is at the same time, that is a key component of success to be able to do that, then they know how to get on the same page with you. I think typically people want to work together and work towards a common goal. And the easier you make easier you make it, the more transparent you are, then, then your whole team will be able to succeed. Mm. Well, Justin says you can't lead everybody the same way and realistically expect the same results. Justin, can, can you expound on that a little bit? Well, certainly, and I, and I talk about leadership isn't a, isn't necessarily about painting with a broad brush, but a, you know with a fine point, mm-hmm. because people are people, and people all come from different backgrounds and ways of learning and experiences. And so, what may work for you and me may not work for many of your listeners. And so, mm-hmm. I've been on the receiving end of that, and I've have seen in offices where I worked, particularly in the government, where the manager just said, treat everyone the same, and whether it was for better or worse. And <laughs> you can just, you know, you can just see that the way they communicate works with one person, but not the other. And if you're, as a manager, if you're not taking the time to figure out how to communicate best with each person there, you're kind of doing your whole team a disservice. And so I, I just think that it makes sense that because people are all different, that sometimes we learn different ways and that, that we need individual attention on different things. I know uh, for me, as a, as a young leader, I used to view things like asking for help as, as a weakness, as a sign <laughs> right. of weakness. And, and sometimes right. I even struggle with that today as a husband. <laughs> why, yeah. why is it critical in your opinion, Justin, that, that leaders not be afraid to lean on others for support? Well, thanks, thanks for asking that. And in fact, I you know do a lot of keynote presentations, and that's my that's my main business as a, as an inspirational seeker. And one of the messages I put out there is that asking for help was okay, uh, and leaning on others is, is a sign of strength, not weakness. And, and I I do think. Uh, as a leader, you are setting the tone every day. You are a role model for those around you. And when people see that you're okay with asking for help, that will that will make them feel the same way. And there's no reason for any of us to go around just struggling to get things done on our own when we can do more together. Now, I'm, I'm certainly not saying it's okay to advocate all your responsibilities and put it on someone else. Mm. I was When I was first injured, I didn't want help from anyone. I was very embarrassed mm. about what happened happened. I was, I told my parents not to invite my friends to hospital. I was just, I just felt it was mission failure. If I could go back and redo anything about my recovery, it would be that mindset. And so I'd learned that it's certainly okay to ask for help when it's warranted. I, I, I do think that people view asking for help as a weakness. I think that's completely wrong in most, most situations. And I know when I've asked for help, 
people have been very happy to give it. And when people have asked me for help, I stop whatever it is I'm doing to provide the help for them. And so that's the type of reception people will get when they turn to a trusted coworker or a loved one, in your case, as you mentioned, <laughs> and ask for that help. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, I know you place uh, an emphasis on personal mentorship. How do you mm-hmm. suggest uh, mentors and mentees find one another? Well, in, in my experience, and I, I had a couple mentors, and I've, I've served as a mentor for several folks, some more formally than others. Mm-hmm. And so I would say if you are in a position to be a mentor, you should know that there are many folks out there who can benefit from your experience and your help and your guidance. And for that, even informally, there's a handful of folks most of them are Marines, not all of them, who I call and text and check up on, not on a specific schedule, but to make sure they're doing okay. And this can go on for six months to a year. And so that's just on, on my own awareness uh, of messaging that they've given me that, that maybe I need some help in some capacity. I, I reach out, and this ties in asking for help. There are folks out there for instance, in business, who are very well connected and also in the veteran space. And so I have asked them to help me on a long-term basis with if I can bounce ideas off them, if they can give me feedback from a, a business perspective, if they don't mind making introductions for me. So I do think it's all personality-driven and um, it does take motivation. But if you're serious about it, whether it's providing mentorship or looking for it, then it's, it's up to the individual to make it happen. Mm. Well, Justin spent some time in the book uh, contrasting humility with self-confidence. Justin, explain how those two things go hand in hand in your view. Well, I do think they go hand in hand. And I, I do think there's a fine line between being too confident and cocky and being, <laughs> you know, and we've we all met plenty of people like that um, and being humble and let's face it, there's always someone more successful than you. It depends how you define it. But there's always, you know, you can be like that guy who's bragging in a bar about how much money you make. And there's always someone else who's, if that's, even if that's your metric. Mm-hmm. And so it's just distasteful to be too confident. I do believe having confidence is a great thing. I do believe it's an empowering factor. And, and when you do feel confident, you exude that. And people appreciate that. And so I do think it's important for us to remember that if we're experiencing some level of success, it's not because it's only from what we've done. No man is an island, as they say, and we all stand on the shoulders of others who have gone before us. And so even if I, you know, for instance, if I go and give a great speech at an event, that's because a corpsman and some Marines saved me 10 years ago. It's because my wife was there when I needed her to be there the most and because hundreds of people helped me along the way. And so I think if, if we all remember that the successes that we're enjoying are, are because of others, not just because of our, our own. Of course, we're responsible too. Mm-hmm. But if I remember that, it'll put things in perspective. And I do think there's something to be said for someone who's humble because I have met some incredible people, people who I think are just fantastic, whether they've overcome personal adversity and or been very successful in business, and, and they are humble. And, and I think, gosh, if these, if these folks, men and women who have done so much, can remind us that you know we're, we're just so small in the grand scheme of things, maybe we all should be like that. Mm, good advice. 
Well, Justin, there are a couple of questions I want to ask that aren't directly sure. from the book. Uh, but uh, before I do that, what else, if anything, from the book do you want to make sure we know? Uh, I, I just want to point out that in the book, I, I maybe just a little bit of background. I, it's 15 chapters. It's not it's not tough, uh, dense reading. I wrote it in a style that I thought most people with their busy schedules would appreciate, where each chapter is pretty much standalone. It has its own title. And at the end of each chapter, there's three key takeaways, which I think uh, kind of sum up the focus points of the chapter. But if people have time to read one chapter, it's maybe 15 pages, then have to set it down for a few days and come back to it, that's fine, because they all build on each other, but you can, you can take a break and come back to it. I, I personally appreciate a book that is that is laid out that way, and, and very much uh, enjoy the uh, the key takeaway reminders at the end. That that helps me internalize it and, and increases the likelihood I'm going to remember what I'm reading. So I so I appreciate that about it. Sure. Well, uh, think for a moment about the books, Justin. You've read over the years. I'm sure they are many. Uh, what would you say are the two or three titles that that immediately come to mind as having had the biggest impact on you? It's funny, I'm looking right now at my desk, and I have about 10 books that I've either received recently or people have given and of, of to do, books to read. And um, actually, this morning, I just started, I'm sure you've read Daniel Pink's To Sell as Human. Mm-hmm. I hadn't read that yet. I just read the introduction this morning. You asked about books that, that I've already read. I'm just I'm kind of changing it. I'm very excited to read this book. Mm. I think it's important to a lot of us. But I also have not read Napoleon Hill's, uh, and I have two of his books right here. And I just know from talking to the close friends how important his books are. But on a not a business level, but on a social level, I recently read 12 Years a Slave. And that was really impactful to me. And I, I, I don't need to get into it here, but it just, it opened my eyes to, um, you know, as a white man in 2016, it's not a background that I share. I really felt it eye-opening and um, it made me think about things in a different way, which I think is a sign of a good book. I also read recently Deep Work, and that made me think about how I should be spending my time instead of just caught up in the mundane details you know, email and tasks, uh, really to carve out time each day or each week to spend big chunks of time on the things that are truly important to myself and my business. And I think that's important for all of us. Mm. Well, as someone who does quite a bit of, of public speaking as an inspirational speaker, you've done a TED Talk. What, what are some of your tips for delivering an impactful and memorable public talk? Well, I, I can't stress enough, at least for me, is the preparation. And this was true when I was a trial lawyer in the Marine Corps. I did criminal defense and criminal prosecution. And I noticed a big difference between those who prepared their points and prepared their arguments mm. versus those who kind of waited and just thought they could wing it and shoot off the hip to the jury. And I think that's true for speaking as well. If you're going to give a a keynote speech, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour, I think it's critical that you, of course, you know your material, but that you really know your opening and your closing. Because that that's the opening sets the tone for where you're going to go. You're sending a message to the audience right away on what you're going to talk about. And they're going to decide uh, on purpose or not if they're in tune or if they care about what you're talking about. So if you're looking, if you're looking down your notes while you're explaining that part, that's messaging that you're not really prepared 
And I, and I do think there are some very basic speaking tips which are important, which you see good seekers use all the time, which is knowing your material well enough so you can move around the stage, uh, seeking slowly enough, using humor. I use I use humor when I talk. I talk about being shot, and but there are there are ways to laugh at things that happen to us. Like I talk about the coroner who saved my life. He had never performed that type of surgery on a human being before. He had done it once. And I make a joke and I say, and this is true, he had performed that surgery on a pig. And I don't know what it says about me, but that pig survived. And <laughs> so did I. And, you know, it's it's true. It's also kind of funny. And it makes people understand it's not super, super serious. Like I'm moving past the, the, the 10 minutes after I was shot. And so I do think there are some basic tips like that that seekers could employ. And also getting to the closing, like people like to have a quick summary, I think, but really just to show your appreciation for being there as a seeker. You're lucky you have been picked to come seek at that event. And and I think if you focus on some of the basics, you'll do a good job. But the more it's all about being comfortable with your topic and sticking to the ideas that you know about. Like Daniel Pink can get there and talk about anything related to selling and a number of other things. I'm not going to get there and talk about selling, but I am going to talk about adversity and inspiration and leadership, and I stick to what I know about, and, I, and I'm not trying to be all things to all people. Mm, yeah, that's, that's, that's something I think a lot of people could, could learn from, for yeah. sure. Well, I was just checking Amazon a moment ago, and, and if Amazon is correct, the paperback version, at least, uh, of your book has been out one year as of today. So congratulations, Arnold, <laughs> over there. I didn't, re- I didn't realize that. Uh, so, so what is next for you, Justin? What are you and your team working on now that you're excited about? Yeah, well, thanks. I, I have a couple of things that I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm working on a, another book, which I will hope to wrap up early next year. It's, a, it's an inspirational book. It's called American Inspiration, 10 Reasons Why You Can Overcome Any Adversity in Life. And I've interviewed 10 other wounded warriors, American service members who were injured in Vietnam, Bosnia, Afghanistan, and Iraq. And they all have incredible stories. They've all gone through some some very traumatic incidents who have come back and have done great things in their communities and in business. And so I'm writing the first and last chapters and then the 10 chapters in the middle. I'm telling their, I've interviewed all of them. And so I'm telling their stories, what worked for them, uh, my thoughts about what happened to them and how they've been so successful and pointing out that we can all overcome adversity based on the lessons we learned from these uh, men and women. So I'm excited about that. And also, in about two weeks, I'm releasing a product I've been working hard on, which is a desktop calendar. Doesn't sound special, although there are no desktop calendars. This is the kind where you rip off a day mm-hmm. every day of the year. And there's nothing out there for veterans. So I, I created one called Every Day is Veterans Day. And every day it's a picture of a beautiful uh, monument or memorial from D.C. I got 365 quotes from today's veterans and military spouses from General McCurry. Crystal on down. It looks fantastic. We're, we're rolling it out in, in a couple of weeks. And it's amazing how much work it takes to develop a new product, even something like what I just described. <laughs> it's been incredible. But we're really excited about it. Oh, that is excellent. I love it. Love it. Well, the, the book again is called My Battlefield, Your Office Leadership Lessons from the Front Lines. The author is Justin Constantine. Justin, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. I really appreciated the book and, and having you here today. Oh, Jeff, thank you. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate the invite. 
For more on how to connect with Justin and the books and resources we talked about, visit the show notes page created just for this episode. That's at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 150 for episode 150. That's also where you can go to see a picture of me in my new shirt from State and Liberty. Be sure and check them out, stateandliberty.com and use the discount code Read to lead. I want to say a big thanks to Manoj Kalra. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably not. From India, who says in his five star rating and review on iTunes, Read to Lead is an amazing podcast, Jeff. You're my companion when I'm driving to the office every day on the busy roads of India. Thanks for bringing such great content to my ears. Keep it up. Well, thank you for those kind words, Manoj, and for the five star rating and review. You can leave one as well if you like. Read to Lead podcast.com slash iTunes or on Stitcher at read to lead podcast.com slash Stitcher. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the read to lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the read to lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener, become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at read to lead podcast.com until next time. Remember leaders read and readers lead. Oh,